The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap for it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I have a great deal of fear and trepidation now that I did not have a minute ago. I was very positive about the things that I had to say. And oftentimes here at St. Stephen's, throughout the years, beautiful things happen outside the windows just before liturgies or right as a preacher is about to say something. Doves have alighted, things, all sorts of things have happened. But as the gospel was being read, a bird flew into the window and hit it and sort of joggled back and then flew off. And I went, This is not going to go well. This is just not. <laughs> and so here we go. Um, we, we read this reading as a group in the men's Bible study on Wednesday night. Um, I go to the Wednesday night one. And um, I don't recall who read it first, uh, but we read it. That's right. We read it, and um, there was this audible, not audible, there was this 30 seconds of uh, just sort of dread silence after it was written where nobody spoke, and everybody was kind of looking around at each other at the table, and I said, it's happy fun, Jesus, just to sort of break the ice. And, um, of course, we know that there's no such thing really in a lot of ways, but um, these are scary sort of things that we hear, these portents that are in the world and in the skies and in the sun and in the moons. And of course, we hear these readings every year throughout Advent 
It is in preparation for both the first coming of Christ, which we celebrate 2,000 years ago, but we celebrate today, and we prepare ourselves for that as if we were still there. And then it is, of course, with the second coming, the second advent of Jesus Christ who will return that Scripture bears out for us and what that might look like. And so there's, and there's another piece here, though, that requires nuance, and, and I'm going to talk about it in just a second, but I want to sort of bring us to, to the front a little bit. And so we have those two pieces, and, um, and we prepare to celebrate Christmas and the arrival of Christ, and our hearts oftentimes as a people, not as a congregation, but just as a people, humanity, read the reading and think about the horrible things that it might look like when Jesus returns. I mean, that's automatically where our mind goes. There is a billion-dollar industry, really, probably at this point, a trillion-dollar industry made off of men, primarily men, some women, primarily men, who like to either write books that seem scientific because they point to the day of when this will happen, and it never does, or they write fictional books about what this will look like once it happens, and nobody really knows. And it's a huge industry, and shame on them, but there it is. But they know exactly what you and I know, and that is our mind is trained in such a way to go to, A, the worst possible case scenario, and B, what is that going to look like? What is that time going to be like? Am I ready? Have I done the things that Jesus is talking about this morning in this reading? And so, the third part, the nuance, is the part that I need you to hear this morning, because I don't want to take away from the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm not taking away from that. You are to be ready, and you are to be vigilant. And guess what? If you're a Christian living in the world, and you are doing your dead-level best to lead some sort of a prayer life, to raise your family and your own life in Christ or your individual self, if you are staying awake, thinking about the things in the world that really matter, then you are a vigilant Christian who is always awake. It doesn't mean literally that you do not sleep, okay? I mean, to be caffeinated is one thing, but to be dead after eight days of no sleep doesn't help Jesus at all. So, that's not what we're talking about here. So, I don't want to take away from that. What I do want to talk about is this nuance piece, and that is this. Jesus Christ is always coming into the world. There is never a moment when He is not entering the world, and indeed, this very room right here, right now, through the power of His Spirit and Himself, right now. There is never a moment when it is not entering the world. The kingdom of God is here, and it is now. And so when we talk about the coming of Christ, it's great to talk about things that happen on Christmas. That's the foundation of all things. If it hadn't happened, nothing else would have. It's great to even think about maybe the day when He comes for eternal glory. I actually think it's not going to be foreboding that it's going to be quite amazing. 
But what's even more important, I think, right now is to talk about the fact that Christ's coming all the time, right now, in this moment, right here. And we are to be vigilant and in prayer and prepared and ready. And here we are together, worshiping and open to do all those things. We are primed to be in the kingdom of God right here, right now, and to take it out of these doors and into the world. The fact of the matter is, is that our brains are trained to look over the cross, to look over the fact that Christ is always coming into the world, to look over any trouble that there is, and to hear the reading this morning and to think only how horrible things might look at the second coming. We just bypassed everything that might happen in human history for the next 2,000 years until He returns again or tomorrow. We've looked, overlooked everything and went directly to that moment. I got news for you. I'm going to be very helpful to you right now, okay? On the day that Jesus Christ was crucified, the sun went away and was darkened. The earth quaked. The seas flooded the streets. Does that sound very familiar to you? From that day forward, pointing to the future, it was 66 years before the empire fell. In between those 66 years, the whole synagogue was brought down to its knees. The whole temple was ruined. The whole Roman Empire was gone. Does it sound vaguely familiar? This morning, when you read that reading, that's happening every day. Empires fall all the time. It looked strangely that way with the Visigoths. It looked strangely that way with Charlemagne. It looked strangely that way with Britain 30, 60 years ago, even though it's still quite not done yet. And it's starting to look strangely that way here, too, just a little bit maybe. We're on the cusp. Because human entities are always falling by the wayside, and Christ is always coming into the world to defeat and to proclaim and to set up a kingdom of God, which is a kingdom of love, and to return that for which is His in total love and grace and peace. So Christ comes today, and He will come again, but He is already here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.